0: welcome everybody this is my podcast pop off with james i'm here with benny crowley from like one of the number one reality tv shows blow deck down under how's it going benny
1: hey how you doing james thanks for having me
0: yeah no worries i'm doing great you're actually my third podcast but technically my second because my first one was with like a friend and it was like introducing me so This is what, like, you've only just started doing doing these podcasts. Yeah, so, like, I just, uh, about two years ago, I started the Blow Deck fan page, just kind of had some free time, and then I got this huge audience, so I'm like, you know what, I got to take advantage of my audience and do something about it. That's amazing, man, I'm I'm honoured, genuinely. (laughs) Again, thank you so much for being here. We'll start with, like, uh, your early life. I noticed that you were on a children's show called What Do You Know?, where you asked like kids questions about uh, various topics and it lasted 65 episodes. Um, How did you get involved in that show? Was that your first taste of the entertainment industry or were you modeling or something before then?
1: Uh, No, I definitely wasn't modeling, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) uh, I wish. No, I started in radio. What happened was I was living in London and I had a friend of mine from school move in with me. He ended up going on a show called Neighbours in Australia. It's like a really big soap opera. Um, and it's huge in the UK. And so he ended up moving in with me randomly. I just bumped into him in the street and he moved in. And, and then he had like a couple of other stars from that show move in with me. And we were just having so much fun, you know what I mean? Like we were just going to these parties, we we're going to like appearances and cruising around in the van and just like, you know, I was like, this is like a fun lifestyle. Like, I'd like this, you know, like <laughs> a little bit of fame, whatever. And then, so I went back to Australia and then I, I got a job as, at a radio station driving um promotion cars around and then started talking on radio and, and I was so nervous I remember back then you know I was just had to read the script over and over again um and then I was helping a friend apply for this job as, for this this as a, as a tv presenter for this this new kids channel they were launching called ABC3 um, nice. and yeah and then I just put in a video as well and then like I just I just like I was like that video was pretty good and three months later I went through all this audition process and and yeah I just started as a presenter for that channel on another show. and Then, you know, patiently uh, waited for my own show, which came a year later and wasn't wasn't the most exciting television show. You I know, mean, it was an amazing experience for sure. And then from there I wanted to get on MTV and I went and worked in movie um, reviews and things like that. And yeah, was c- kind of in and around the entertainment industry for the next, you know, six, seven,
0: eight years after that. How old were you when you first started that show? She's almost, I been. I think I was 21. On Below Deck, I literally thought you were maybe like 22 or something. So I'm thinking you were like, you know, 10 or 11 during that show. Thank yeah. you so much. You just made my day. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 34 year old joints. I'll tell you that. Oh.
1: Uh, another reason why I didn't want to get in the chain locker. But uh, but but um, yeah, like I'm, yeah, I've got a. I thank I, I've got my mum to thank for that. But um, yeah, I'm 34 now. So that was back in 2009. i started doing kids tv and i think yeah obviously kept that that vibe uh up until now
0: nice uh i also see that uh you do like a lot of things outside of the show like i saw you're a dj like dj lazy susan is that correct
1: it is yeah um probably my biggest passion for sure i I used to work at red bull and i I was one of the, the dj managers and event managers there back in kind of when I was doing kids TV as well, when I was like 22, 23. And then I taught my, well, I was like, I can pay myself the salary that I'm paying these guys if I learn to DJ and that was sort of the driver. And then I just fell in love with it and we're doing all these parties in Bondi. Then I, yeah, started teaching myself to DJ and got a few residencies in Sydney and then had a big hiatus and then sort of got back into it like a few years ago. Um, and and I've been DJing back here in Tulum and I love it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, definitely one of my, my major passions for sure.
0: That's amazing. I see that you also live in Mexico now.
1: Yes, I live in Tulum in Mexico um, and uh, I've been hanging out with one of your good friends, Katie. So we, we, uh, we became quite close here over the past three months. She's a very good friend of mine now and yeah, I've been living, living here for the past six months. Basically, I moved here because of COVID. You know, we were we were locked down in Australia. Like, Below Deck was an amazing experience during COVID, but it was very tight. The lockdown laws were intense. It was insane. And, like, people would just yeah. get locked down every, every, you know, like, states would get locked down. And I was kind of running from the lockdowns, you know. I just packed my car and, and boosted. Um, and yeah. then, eventually, you know, I got to a point where, like, you know, Melbourne had been locked down for 18 months. Sydney had been locked down for six. And I was like, i got to get out of here if I can. Got an exemption to leave because I had to come over and actually shoot stuff for Below Deck in L.A., Um, and then thank god for that you know literally below deck sort of you know was one of the reasons I could get out of the country I had to get permission from the government to leave and I just got sold my car at the airport in Brisbane and I had a friend in Tulum and like literally just flew 50 hours and and with two bags and and here I am
0: (laughs) that's awesome I'm actually so glad that you took the opportunity to do the show because you're such a good part of it thank you I appreciate that yeah, no worries. I noticed like on the first episode that you said you came from like a 10 day silent yoga retreat. What is that?
1: Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I laughed like, when I got the message to go on below that. I when I see myself on television, obviously the editing puts you in a you know at your at your highest and lowest moments. So, you know, but they still happen. And you know, I see myself in the states at the time and I was relatively happy inside at least I thought I was, you know, and I, uh, well, I went to this yoga retreat for three months to sort of recover from my parents passing. Um, yeah. So I went there, you know, to heal, and, you know, have time to myself. And, and then I ended that with um, a 10 day meditation um, retreat, you know, just trying anything to, you know, recover from the, the craziness of, of going through two parents that were very sick. Um, I sat in a room, just silent,
0: not saying anything
1: silent like i had a room and then we'd move into the, the temple hall you'd get gonged at 4 a.m i mean this is like i ain't i ain't doing this every day trust me <laughs> like i can't <laughs> still for three minutes like <laughs> i was like this is this is the craziest thing i could ever imagine trying to do and you know i um yeah so it's four in the morning they gong you and then you go into this room and you, you know it's like you're going to war with yourself it's sort of just like you, you know you like prepare yourself and you sit down and your legs hurt and everything and you're just and after three days of silence, like there is so much going on in my head right now, like it is, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like you, you haven't said a word, and this there, you really see what's ha- you know what's going on up there. And um, yeah, I pushed through and uh, sixteen hours a day, nine hours of meditation, and then they feed you twice per day, and and they take away your phone, they take away everything. You know, there's no connection to the outside world. They take away your keys, and you know you can leave any time, but you you put yourself in there, and I came out the other side, and I. I was a little worried to be honest because I was like, <laughs> I've lost my mojo. But um oh. but it 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 quickly came back um after a few days. And then yeah, I got the message from the casting team at Below Deck asking if I would be interested.
0: And I laughed. <laughs> That's amazing. It must have been such like a contrast between nothing to like insaneness, you know?
1: I you cu- you couldn't quite a juxtaposition in terms of yeah, yeah, like experiences like like I literally laughed out loud when I got this message from one of the casting directors saying, Hey, would you consider being a below deck? Cause it was, it was five days after I left this retreat, you know what I mean? And I was like, no way, there's no way I'm doing that. And then I got this like excitement back that I hadn't had since I was on television 10 years before, you know what I mean? It's hard to describe. It was like this, like this stimulation, this energy that, you know, was yeah. just coming out of me and I was like getting goosebumps. And I was like, I got to listen to my body right now Just do this. Like, this is, this sounds like exactly what I need to do right now. This sounds perfect. And um, and here we are.
0: I wanted to say I'm so sorry to hear about your parents. My mom is my best friend of life. Like I, when I even think in my head of something happened to her, I literally almost cry. So I totally assume the pain that you're going through. So I just wanted to say sorry about your parents.
1: I appreciate that so much. And um, you know, it's thank you, thank you, James. And you know, I'm I'm good now. I'm I'm going through a lot of. I'm actually doing the work, like a lot of work now, and you know, in terms of like healing the trauma, because it's interesting, you know, I actually did go quite numb, but like you, you know, it's like when dad passed, that was kind of a relief because he was sick for so long, you know, and it was like, okay, yeah. now mom can relax, mom can be free, like I can look after mom, she can enjoy herself, because she was full of beans, man, you know, like she had so much yeah. life, you know, she wasn't old or she looked young, she, she was coming back at 4am, she's like, are you know, why you party so late? I'm like, you're coming back at fucking four in the morning like, you? <laughs> you know she's 70 years old out with girls at a 40 like picking she's like this guy hit on me all night i'm like that's awesome baby like good for you but fully yeah you know she's still 21 in her head wasn't it was a non-event it was impossible in my head and then suddenly boom you know you're in this thing and and it was yeah it was um it, uh, you know on the show i'm not actually sad i'm just like i guess numb
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you, you know, go through like then, periods of uh, grief yeah, right yeah. so
1: yeah, 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 yeah. It is. But you never know what's going to happen around the corner. And I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I actually got to spend a lot of time with her, even when she was sick. You know, it was quite a
0: beautiful experience. Do you believe in spirits? And like, you know, she's kind of your guardian angel, and maybe you got this opportunity because she was looking out for you, kind of thing.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Um, from episode four onwards, that that she was looking out for me. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm taking the piss, but like it, it absolutely, you know, I definitely believe in, in, and, you know, more than what meets the eye, and I've got her ashes with me right here. I had them on the boat with me. She just asked me before she passed, you know, like just take me everywhere, take me on all the dance floors and 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 around to all the experiences, and firstly, she, she was actually with me on the boat, um, the whole time, and you know, um her spirit comes in moderation. She was a very, she was a t- an Asian tiger mom. And if anyone out there knows what that is, if you know, you know. <laughs> um, so in moder- her spirit's allowed in, in moderation, maybe twice a week.
0: <laughs> but- I was going to ask you about your racial background and how that's maybe influenced your career or your life going forward.
1: Yeah, I'm very grateful for it now. It's seemed to have blessed me later in life with uh, youthful looks, and I, I'm starting to look at myself in the mirror and go, "That's all right." But when <laughs> I was younger, you know, it was tough. You know, it's like it, I was the only sort of half Asian dude at school. You know, there wasn't many people of color. You know, I wasn't never regularly bullied, but of course, you get a cop a bit of shit. You know, and the, and the boys still do it. Like it's never going to stop. And I I learned to appreciate that. And you know, you know, in Australia, especially when I moved to for high school, which is Adelaide, um, you know, I was the only one playing footy. I was the only one doing all the stuff. You cop a bit. Of in there but it's australia you know and it's very um endemic in the uh, culture and i see a lot of stuff where people don't really see me uh, you know taking captain jason's um banter um from the get-go but i can assure you that i saw exactly who he was from the get-go and you know when he sprayed me with water and stuff like that I'm definitely having a laugh <laughs> with him you know like and, and yeah. with, on, on the bow and he was spraying me on the bow like you don't see everything I was definitely giving him giving him a little bit back as well <laughs> so it's it's very much in the aussie culture and yeah you know growing up half asian i definitely appreciate it now more than i did when i was younger but it's a beautiful thing and we're all going to look like this one day (laughs) yeah
0: awesome so i want to move on to a different set of questioning about the show before then i kind of want to change the energy just by saying that katie told me that she loves you uh, to have a good interview (laughs) she loves you so much though oh my god I love yeah. her, too. She's she's
1: beautiful. We're we getting very, very close here. You know, I, but I just like looking at her for who she is. You know what I mean? She's great on the show, but, you know, she's yeah. lovely.
0: Before, when we were talking, you mentioned that you were actually in the background of the season with Asia and Jack on Med. What's yep. the story there?
1: Yeah, um, that's when I just started yawning. You know, I went out. Um, I had to get capital back for my business um, because I'd lost everything. And I was like, how do I do that? I need to make money quickly. And I'd heard about yachting years before. And it was quite difficult going at the age of 30, you know, like um, I arrived in Antibes and I was dock walking, you know, I was like going up to the back of boats, like asking if I could scrub the teak, me. Uh, (laughs) What an amazing, humbling experience for sure. At the time, you know, everyone would party at this place called Hop Store. And there was an air, it's so funny recalling this now, because like having done the show, it's like there was this air of excitement, like, oh, the coming, and like everyone's like, you know, like, waiting for them to come, and the camera crew rolls in and like on fire, and they're just dancing in front of the cameras, and you're like, there's this energy in the room, and, you know, yeah. I'm in the background, like, you know, dancing like an idiot um, and <laughs> I, I decide indemnity forms and whatnot and everything. And it's so funny now because I haven't actually thought about that, but like I fully get it because when the camera's on, you just like, you think, you think you're invincible and you just go in there and you dance like dance floor by yourself. And, you know, like you go to the bar, and you get served immediately and you're in this little bubble. And it was it's so interesting having seen it from the outside and, and having been in there. Yeah. But um, I didn't actually meet Aisha or Jack at the time. I, both of them, I know quite very, very well now. Um, I, I teach Jack Jack trading, and uh, obviously work with Asia. So, and and just by chance, I actually ended up knowing both of them afterwards. You know, so the universe is a funny thing.
0: Yeah, I I see like a lot of the uh, cast members. They know each other from even before on the show. Like they've worked on the same boat, or they met on the dock, or blah blah blah. Almost feel like it's like a tight knit community, even though it's all over the world type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it it is a small community. It's an amazing job, especially when the end of the work day is over because it is like, you're just somewhere exotic in the world. And you know, there's seven boats and then all the crews go out together. It's undescribable. It is, yeah, one of the most amazing experiences I've had. And then you, you get to know everyone, you know, and then you you come into a different port and then you, you see this other boat that, you know, one of your good friends is on and you get excited and you had no, no idea that they were going there. Um, so everyone gets to know each other quite quickly. And, you know, especially now on Below Deck, there's like so many series and episodes it's a small industry and so you know we're seeing a lot of people that do know each other or know each other from previous seasons and and whatnot and it's going to happen obviously more and more as as the show progresses.
0: Yeah why do they always change the cast so much like they keep one or two people and then the whole new boat like how come they don't you know keep a season after season do you know anything about that or?
1: I have no idea I've got no Mm -hmm. idea how, how they how they operate in that regard it's it's reality TV, and it, like everyone loves the drama, and it's like you know, you've got new people coming on board, and you've got new faces and new drama and new people to love and whatnot, and you know it's it's a show like as it as it as the seasons go on, like I probably bring 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 people back when the dynamics correct and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know about that. It's just who's gonna do crazier stuff i guess <laughs> if you put me on now you probably get a real different show to be honest i've been partying in tulum for four months i haven't come out of a, a, a yoga yoga temple <laughs>
0: so uh, who's your favorite chief stew not including katie we'll go kate hannah Adrienne from season one i don't know if you remember her francesca heather asia
1: i have I, I really w- enjoyed watching Kate. I just watched, I loved her interstitial as a piece of the camera. I just thought she's hilarious in, in, the, in yeah. the time I have seen that, you know, Hannah again, like, yeah, she's just got that sass. You know, I, I, I remember seeing the episode when she went and like banged a charter guest and like, I just, <laughs> and, like, and she still got away with it. Like it, yeah, it, you gotta love it. So yeah, the, those two for sure. Um, with Asia, I haven't actually seen, you know, obviously I was on the show with her. So I, I haven't seen her on the show yet, but I love that girl. Yeah,
0: she's and 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 yeah, that's that's pretty much it for sure. Yeah. Prior to this interview, I went on my Instagram, I went on my Facebook page, I went on Twitter, and I was just like, "Hey, like, I'm interviewing Benny. Like, what do you guys want to know?" One of the most questions that I got on Facebook was your sexuality. It's they think it's kind of ambiguous. They don't really see you talking about women or guys. And they want to know if you're comfortable answering that question, if you define yourself one way or or not.
1: I'm asexual. <laughs> asexual. <laughs> no, I'm, joking. I'm joking. No. I oh, actually I like, that okay. beautiful. <laughs> I have a bit of that. I was processing a lot and I look back at it. I was going through the trauma and I my heart was closed, if if I'm gonna be honest, you know what I mean? I wasn't looking for that at the time. I hadn't had sex in a year like it's yeah. a long time you know what i mean since mum passed or whatever like yeah. i hadn't i hadn't been in that, that space so that below that was kind of you know i was open to to it for sure but like it was moving uh, into that but i i have a beautiful partner here um and i'm straight um, <laughs> I am straight. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but, <laughs> she can but vouch for you. She can vouch for me. Yeah. 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 I'm a little rabbit, but I am in touch with my feminine side, you know, and I'm not macho masculine until you push me too far, I guess. But, and, and that's just me. And, and yeah, so sorry to the guys out there. I, I did see another question. I, I'm a, I'm only going to swing for, for Brad or Leo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh not captain jason Not, not captain, captain jason <laughs> i didn't want to ruin your question but yeah he's not uh, quite up there for me yet but
1: bradley oh why not
0: well uh captain jason's like how could you be so good looking like he must just get anything he wants in life you know
1: yeah 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 <laughs> he's loving it at the moment yeah yeah he deserves it you know i mean shit he's He's been gifted by God. Let him enjoy it. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. One of the biggest storylines of the season is obviously Chef Ryan and Asia. I had Chef Ryan on my first podcast, and there was a, like a lot of backlash because he kept talking about Asia. What is your opinion on his like treatment of Asia? Do you think it's inappropriate? Do you think that it's just like two people bantering? Like, what do you think?
1: When you're on the boat, you kind of really only see your own department's um, thing, and like. Ryan personally to me was always lovely. He was always consistently lovely and, and I have to be honest with that, you know, he he, yeah. um, he wasn't to, to everybody else and to the majority of the crew and I see that on camera and I've obviously see it at dinner and and some of the way that he's you know handling things now as well. Like it just, it, it doesn't resonate with me and how I how yeah. I handle myself and whatnot. And, and obviously, is a very good friend of mine and, and she's a lovely person and you don't want to see someone in that energy exchange with somebody. Um, but at the end of the day, I did see a side of Ryan that was, was, was lovely and, and he never changed that towards me. So it's like, what, what's going on, man? You know, it's, it's a constant defense where i can obviously see my own behaviors and things on television as well which are, which is fascinating but yeah. when you talk about ryan it's like he is in constant defense you know and, and i feel like he's constantly feeling like he's attacked by everybody he's not really open to seeing the other side of things and then it's what we see on television is heated exchange with asia the thing is it's i think it's quite difficult to get into that kind of with asia I mean, I can't imagine ever having an argument with Aisha. I don't understand it. I just watched it and yeah, the entertainment's there. And um, yeah. To me, right?
0: She says it best. She says, when Aisha sees Ryan, she sees an When I see Ryan, I see somebody who's hurt, who's lashing out. As someone who's also lost their parents, do you have some sort of understanding there? Or do you think that's like not even an excuse kind of thing? I don't
1: think it's an excuse, especially when you threw the bottle at the club, like those things are, you know, very hard on, on talking to him afterwards. And I don't know if they're going to show that or whatnot, but I don't think he wants to be mean. All of us at the end of the day are going through our own, you know what I mean? And we yeah. respond to things differently. And it, it's looking at it through compassion. What has that person gone through that's making them act in that way? Because the thing is, I, you know, my experience with Ryan, he was so lovely to me. And I genuinely was always, and he still is it's it's very interesting for me. he treats other people and how he can be so consistently nice to me just it's a shame he couldn't have displayed that more to others yeah i mean he came in hot you know you see already from yeah. the, when nature spoke to me or he goes like I, I don't listen to chief jews or whatever and he set himself up for that kind of engagement i guess yeah um uh, i don't think there's any excuse for, for treating people like
0: yeah absolutely and i do have to agree with you i, I don't know if i'd call ryan a friend but we're very friendly just like a super upstanding guy to me so that's all i can judge him on you know exactly yeah yeah so on the show we noticed that you kind of had a little bit of difficulty taking professional orders in a way you know and then we saw that you're able to make that special connection with the captain and then things kind of turned around in his and your regard um yeah but we didn't see that kind of same flip with jamie why do you think that is we're getting there <laughs> <laughs> um, still, still more to go on the show.
1: In hindsight, watching myself back, you know, obviously again, whether edited or not, I don't want to be exuding that kind of energy um, yeah. to anybody ever. It's a great way to sort of self reflect on yourself when you're being filmed. It was very difficult for me from the get go. The the sort of intensity was immediate from him, and it didn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not how I would approach meeting somebody else, especially from a management position. So. It, it, he just rubbed me off the wrong way immediately. And then, like, would more and more things kind of happen quickly. And I was just like, obviously, then in my egoistic defense of like, this guy, I'm like, I just didn't want to do things for him because there was no um, positivity in the way he spoke to me. There was no constructive criticism. It was just like, you're doing this wrong. This is-. from, from day one, you know, it fed into this, obviously, like, <laughs> vortex and rabbit hole. And yeah. I kept looking back at it. Like it was, it was horrible, you know, and I don't want to be in real life or in any other situation. I would have just removed myself with, from the situation. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was just sitting in, it. obviously I wanted to finish the show. I wanted to finish the, the charter season. I wanted to finish the experience. So I sat with it and, and sat in it. and time will tell as the show goes on what happens. But yeah, it was just difficult at the beginning. You know, I was in my own head again, uh, you know trying to talk to him in different ways to like to just get him get him to to take the foot off but it felt like a personal vendetta from the get-go and again yeah. that's my opinion that's me taking things personally which I could work on but um it didn't feel good James you know what I mean I felt horrible yeah. I felt like shit and I wasn't happy and then Jason and came to me like I think he saw who I was, and he liked he liked me. We liked each other from, from pretty quickly, you know. And he saw that all I needed was just to be valued in some way, and that I am different, and like you know, use my strengths and whatnot, and just give me that positive reinforcement, and that feedback, and see yeah. that all I needed to do was just want to work for for him because I wanted to work for him. And you're going to get the best out of people when they want to work for you, not because they have to. Thank God, Jace was there because I, I I wouldn't have I just wouldn't have lasted if it was anybody else. You know what I mean? Like he just. He, um, he really came in there and just, like, saw my value, made me feel valued, taught me, and, you know, you see me with the, the tender situation. I was very, very uh, upset about how it panned out, who was right or wrong, yeah. whatever. I just, I didn't want to let him down. And and you see, mortified with myself that that I was letting Jace down in that department and was going to rectify that moving forward, whereas the way that Jamie would handle things was to, to you know, tell me, tell me off for this, what felt like the sake of telling me off just for yeah. Whatever and it just wasn't constructive for me. Like his ego kind of thing. I guess so. We we're all displaying our ego on the show. But yeah, he's also trained to manage that way, you know. He's been a police officer, he's he's trained in that sense of management. It's just I had I completely the opposite. And, you know, that's why yeah, we're both yeah. together on a boat on television.
0: <laughs> well, it's an experience, right? And we all kind of look back and things and kind of, you know, change things about ourselves that we feel like we need to change and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah exactly yeah. so we see that you have a lot of fun learning how to be a plumber on the show oh, fuck. i was just wondering if you've enrolled in any plumber school or anything like that since the show. <laughs> oh
1: i got a I got a cleaner here in my place it's a little bit like, i don't near that thing <laughs> I've, I've
0: the greatest line ever yesterday to clean the whole. I, yeah
1: yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no that's good to throw a bit of comedy in there that was honestly that was one of the funniest things I've ever experienced. Culver just came in there and I, I like nearly, I nearly peed myself. Like I just when he put, when he put his thing on and they you don't see the whole the whole clip, but I just was, I couldn't stop laughing. Like he was just. So funny when we were doing that, and um <laughs> just, it was like one of those improv shows that you get where people just jump on stage and they have to act in a situation and like make something funny, you know, with what you've got. And like Colvin yeah. just came through and we turned it into a skit, you know. And we're just in there, like <laughs> but it was disgusting. Like James, you understand? Like the first time when that happened, like I was like so disgusted, you know. I was the boat is just like you know. I came to to to, to see a nice sunrise, and I've just got like everyone's bodily fluids which have been <laughs> oh turned into a stoop throughout we don't have yeah. any space gems. this is a one by two meter space and it's poo water i, I lowered i lowered my feet into poo water at 1am when i was oh, i had to get up yeah. at five like you don't understand and i had the, the luxury of having it filmed um
0: yeah <laughs> well at least so, you got a laugh out of it right oh so
1: right yeah yeah i got a laugh and i hope everyone else did because the second time was jesus that was funny i tell
0: you what Like god bless so you know like how culver you know he kind of brought the the kind of goofiness and the the breaking of the ice and that kind of thing yeah and like what do you think was like your strength in in this team like what do you think you brought this season that kind of set you apart from everybody else
1: the thing is like i know what i'm doing on deck i I did two years on the the charter i did two years on two 15 meter charter vessels. I've done four charter seasons. You know, I've operated this size vessel. Um, the other boys have been on hundred meter vessels. Um, I hadn't been on a boat in 18 months. Um, so I was rusty. If you squint your eyes and look closely at the edits at the moment, you can see me actually working off and I'm operating the tender. It's very, you know, you have to be experienced to be able to drive a tender that big. And what the reason why I'm driving the tender all the time is because I've got my license and I've got the experience. You know what I mean? It's like, So I have all these skills that aren't being glorified at the beginning as I try to get back on top of things and become less rusty, I guess. Um, You know, the anchor chain situation is dangerous. And I don't care what anyone says, speaking humbly, um, I've just been through watching two people die. You don't do that on yachts normally. You don't have to go inside the locker and stand on top of the chain. You know, Britini, it's the first time she's used the, the... Anchor control before and I was absolutely shitting myself. I'm like, this girl has never used power control before. And I'm standing if the brake goes going through that thing like a mincer. That's my perception at the time. I've talked to my other friends about it in yachting and it hasn't changed. The performance was when I came out. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone gets to enjoy that. But, you know, like I was using my experience of what an anchor chain is. You see Jamie talk about it with pretending never stand out of the anchor chain. It is the most dangerous thing on boat. And so my experience and moment in that was me avoiding what I had been taught in yachting to be the most dangerous part of the boat. And especially going into the locker, um, you know, rushed on television was very um, and also guest interaction, you know, making sure the guests yeah. are happy. Um, I'm very people orientated. I worked as client liaison for Red Bull for four years, so making sure the boys are happy, making sure the guests are happy, um, getting yeah. that pep, that kind of thing.
0: What I think you brought to the season, like personality-wise, I always saw you kind of with the team as like the little brother kind of thing. You brought like the sensitive side, oh, you know, yeah. genuineness. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm
1: humble. Thank you for
0: such a beautiful yeah. compliment. Someone. People can go to and get a genuine answer with advice, that kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to see everyone smile, so you know, I like everyone on board, and and Jamie included. You know, you don't see this stuff if you look at this episode. Like, I fall into the car onto his lap, and we're both having a smile. Like, we we were laughing that night together. You know, it wasn't always yeah. like hammer and tong, but and when the times were heated, they definitely were heated. And and, and yeah, we're going to talk more about that, but. Yeah, I guess so. I am sensitive and and um, I want to, you know, talk to people and get to know who they are and what they're about and what makes them tick. And and um, I'm glad that you see that on the show. And, and thank you for the compliment.
0: No worries. It's a, actually a really good quality. And I think that like every friend group, every team, every kind of dynamic uh, needs somebody like that. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Hannah is like one of my all-time favorite below deck people ever. And I just always ask this question just because it's such a hot topic. We won't dig too far into it, but I just want to get like your opinion. So on other boats, do you see, uh, you know, like if somebody says, give me a Tylenol or give me a gravel or something, is that very stringent? Like you have to go to a book and you have to log it kind of thing. Do you, do you experience that on other yachts that you've worked on?
1: Um, look, I'll just say that I, Used to, at some point, use prescription medication. I had a little bit on a yacht and I never had to log anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And again, again, I don't know what the situation is here. Like, I, it's, it's, I haven't really seen that happen a lot. I haven't, you know, it's not, it depends on the nature of the medicine, of course. But um, yeah yeah yeah
0: so I'm just gonna fire off a couple questions just to end the interview here I just want to ask you how reality tv is for you do you think you're gonna continue with it if you're asked back is that something you're gonna go with or you know are you done with it
1: oh like I had so much fun you know and like if I'm asked back I think I'd strongly consider it because it was just such a great experience for sure and like you know it's nice to be back doing television again it's raw and you can't hide and you know, it's just a nice exercise, I guess, for, for yourself. So I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't know if I go in like d- dating sex shows or anything, but like below that, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> maybe big brother or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm loving it.
0: Okay. So we're just going to go on to some crazier questions. What was your wildest sex story? My wildest,
1: like in yachting or just in life? In life. Give me your, give me your wildest. Oh, I have i I've got a new wild sex story every day, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I've been going crazy too long. I, I, I said to one of the producers below deck with Katie, let's just take the cameras down here because you'll get some yeah. juice. Um had oh, sex from the sex on the beach a couple of weeks ago. I, <laughs> like, oh, I
0: can't think anything. Happy
1: you're happy keep, it, yeah, you're just keeping it interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we're gonna do F Mary kill, but We're gonna call it Spicy Time. Mary toss overboard in spirit of the yachting aspect. Asia Bertini, or Toomey? Okay.
1: Mary Toomey. Um, I think that's self evident. Um, Asia opportunity to throw overboard. I, I because I love Asia. And she can ha- she can hack it. <laughs> Bratini, <laughs> spicy time because she needs that, obviously. Yeah, and, you know, I um, yeah, spicy time for Bratini. Just you yeah, that's what she wants.
0: Have you had any boat manses on any other boats?
1: I've screwed a lot of other crews, uh, <laughs> and not my own. And that's not because I didn't want to. I just there was nothing tempting enough to jeopardize my job. Yeah.
0: And what do you think is the most attractive attribute of, of a woman?
1: A passion to grow as, as a person, an individual. Oh, Going nice. going through that right now, yeah. I mean, she's beautiful in physicality and everything, but, like, yeah, just a, 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 an eagerness
0: to grow. Nice. Is there anything else that you want to add? Is there anything that you want to, you know, say your opinion on or anything like
1: that? This is the first interview I've had on for the show and it's been fantastic and i really really appreciate your time and and and, and asking me like lovely questions and whatnot and you know if we chat again get dirtier it's fine (laughs) and um i'm glad it's been such a a pleasure to to be one of your first podcasts and yeah i hope we hope we talk again
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thanks for being so cool about answering whatever question. You know, there's nothing off limits. I really appreciate that. I know that you do trading and you have a couple of businesses. So if you want to plug those here, I can tag them and you can talk about them real quick.
1: Cool. I'm a currency trader. That's why I went into yachting, was to get capital to trade with. And because I'd lost a lot previous three years and then now I've moved into coaching trading. So I have an online course for that i teach um sort of intraday intraweek trading and i'm also um, about to release a short-term scalping course basically i teach you to make consistent money in the markets um, and i have written software that automates a lot of it and yeah that's basically it that's www.mindfultrading.io um i run mentorships where we do one-on-one group Group training uh, that that they go for three months. I have a few successful clients. I've only been doing it for six months. Uh, Jack Stirrup, um, one of the boys from Below Deck Eps season four. Just passed his test for a $200,000 account. Uh, pretty exciting. He's been trading for two years, but uh, we've, I've been working with him for three months and and we've got him across the line. That's going to come out on my Instagram soon and, and his story and how he's gotten to where he is. But yeah, it's very exciting. It's, it's so lovely to, to have gone through this whole journey with yachting and then to be on below deck and then to, to sort of be where I wanted to be with working for myself. And um, yeah. that's another reason why I don't like being told what to do.
0: <laughs> I want to be your own boss. <laughs> I
1: want to be my own boss. So there you go. The secrets can, out the bag. Um,
0: yeah. Where can we find you on Instagram? Can you give us your Instagram handle?
1: Yeah, uh, my name is Benny, B E N N Y underscore Crawley, C R A W L E Y. And yeah, reach out, say good day. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody. I'm loving it. I've had some beautiful messages um, come through for me about helping people give them hope and inspiring them from my story. When I hear that type of stuff, it's just, like, it makes me, you know, I'm really, really happy to have to, sort of taken that step and to have you know gone into the gauntlet and and uh shown myself i guess so get in touch and um yeah keep watching enjoy the rest there's still plenty to go and there's a, it, it hasn't even started <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey man <laughs> how you doing lovely to meet you
0: yeah you too man yeah thank you so much uh, hopefully i didn't sound like too nervous or whatever you sounded fantastic yeah, me or you. You sounded great. Okay, <laughs> thank you. No man, I thought you've been doing this for years. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, nice to like meet you. You're the best,
1: man. Like, if you need to t- talk anytime in the future. Let me know. Like, yeah, this is gonna you're gonna kill it with this for sure. And I look forward to seeing you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you
0: too, man. I hope hopefully, hopefully we see a lot more of you for sure. All right. Okay. Love. Cheers, thank James. you. Bye. Bye.